So I, I want to thank everyone for coming tonight. And uh, I look forward to kind of sharing with you this uh, wealth of knowledge that I come to kind of uncover uh, last summer. So get in, kind of look at why, why look at Helena City Parks. And I think really simply put is that Helenans love their parks. And so to illustrate this, I kind of wanted to start off with some statistics on Helena City Parks. So, so does anyone want to take a guess on how many city parks there are in Helena? Yeah. 65. It's a little high. 15. Okay, there, there are 44 city parks in Helena, Montana. 44. And so if we take kind of put this statistic in perspective a little bit, if we break it down by Helena's population is roughly in the city limits 30,000 people, that equals one park for every 682 people. And so we'll kind of compare this to other, other cities. Okay, so, so take for instance De Denver, Colorado. It has many more parks than Helena, but per its population, it would equal to one park for every 3,200 people. Okay. Take for instance another city, Boise, Idaho, where I'm from. It has one park for every 2,800 people. Okay. So one more example. Okay, let, let's pick Portland, Oregon. Okay, we think of that as a green city, right? Often known for, you know, it, the, embracing the environment. So Portland, Oregon, it will have one park for every 3,500 people. Okay, so Helenans really like their parks. So, so another statistic on sizes of parks that I looked at. Okay. Anyone want to take a stab at the largest park in Helena? <laughs> What's that? Mount Helena Park, right? Which is 900 plus acres of green space. Okay. How about Helena's smallest park? <laughs> yeah, it is Yunda Park, okay? which is one-tenth of an acre or about 4,300 square feet. Okay. So they come in all shapes and sizes, these Helena parks. But simply put, Helenans love their parks. And so today, I'm going to kind of break up the parks that I'm looking at into different periods. Okay. So we'll look at Helena's early founding, kind of the parks associated with that. We'll look at progressive era city beautification projects. We'll look at uh, parks developed during the Depression and war. And then we'll finish up looking at what I, what I call the model cities parks or and some contemporary parks. And so we'll kind of, I'll talk about some historical background and then we'll get into these, these parks that, that I researched last summer. And kind of, kind of as a disclaimer, um, one, for time purposes, I won't be talking about every park, but I'm going to be talking about the parks that the Historical Society and the Parks Department didn't really know a lot of information about. Okay, so those will be the ones that I focus on. I'll mention some other parks, but I'll be really focusing on the ones that they didn't know a lot of information about. Okay. 
So we'll, we'll get into this first period. Okay. So Helena's early, early parks were roughly looking 1864 to 1899. And so wh where did Helena's founding growth come from? You know, many of you are probably familiar with this. So in the American West, the gold rush era was really set off by the California gold rush of 1848, 1849. Okay. And after that, many other gold rushes would occur. Uh, we talk about Pikes Peak in Colorado in 1859, would put Denver pretty much on the map. Okay. And then we talk about, we'd move up to the Salmon River Valley in north central Idaho in 1861. And so many miners would travel from place to place. And one place they travel is John White and this group of Colorado miners. They would go from Pikes Peak, and they were working their way up to the Salmon River Valley. And they would dip their pans in this place called Grasshopper Creek, east of the Bitterroots, and strike gold. And all of a sudden, the city of Bannock is, is founded, okay? 1862. Now, some, some people that would build Fairweather and a group of gentlemen okay, who would come a little late to Bannock would kind of go out exploring, and they would find even richer deposits in Alder Gulch in 1863, right? And then the town of Virginia City would pop up. And so finally, in 1864, a year later, John White and the, the four Georgians, right, as they're often referred to, would be going searching for, for gold. They've come a little too late to Virginia City. And so in a last-ditch effort of looking for gold, they would, they would go to a place called Last Chance Gulch. So they would name Last Chance Gulch in this last-ditch effort and strike gold. Okay? And this is the, this placer surface mining. And when this, a town would develop around this Last Chance Gulch, the city would take a vote on what their name would be, and they would choose Helena. And by 1870, the population of Helena, Montana is roughly 3,000 people. And by 1890, it's roughly 13,000. And so, so some early parks that are associated with this time. So Central Park would be established by Frank Mayers in 1895. And this is what's now known as Green Meadow Country Club. Okay. So that would be Central Park. And Mount Helena would be developed in these early years as well by the Helena Improvement Society, which was organized around 1898. Okay, but, the, but the parks that I'm going to look into, okay, the first one is Flower Garden Park. Okay, and it's located between Poplar and Walnut Streets, okay? So you can kind of associate, establish yourself where, where we're looking at. And so this is one of the, possibly one of the oldest parks that existed in Helena. And in the 1880s, it had all the amenities that you could ask for, okay? It had baseball fields, it had a dining house, a bar room, okay. and there was even a lady who was just known as Widow Durkin who would serve lunches to Helenans coming by 
on a leisurely Sunday afternoon at this park, okay? known as Flower Garden Park. And in the early or the late 19th century, it would come under ownership by a man named Henry Parchin. Henry Parchin. And Parchin was a Prussian pioneer who made his way to Virginia City, Montana in 1864. And shortly thereafter, he would travel to Helena and open up a drugstore, okay? a pharmaceutical company, with, with two people named Dr. Wernig and Dr. Keisler. Okay? And Parchin would eventually buy out his his partners, and expand to be one of the largest pharmaceutical uh, dealers in the Northwest. Okay? He would deal pharmaceuticals to people in Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, and Washington. Okay? And he would own this, this flower garden park. But for reasons unknown, after 1900, this beautiful flower garden park, which was called flower garden because it had a, this gorgeous flower garden in the center, surrounded by cottonwood trees. It would eventually just lay to waste after 1900. Okay. And possibly Frank Mayer's Central Park drew people away, but, but for reasons unknown, for some reason, it, it just kind of laid to waste, this park. And so, when Parchin dies in 1925, his really his park's in ruins. Okay? The buildings are, are not well maintained. And so nine years after his death, the Parchin family decides to donate this park okay, to the city of Helena. And it, and it pretty much stays that way for quite some time. Okay? And it wouldn't really see any big changes until the late 1940s, Helena School District number one would conceive plans to build a new school on that park site called Lincoln School, okay, which is, I guess, so it's pro project for alternative learning right now, but it's also now, I guess, where the students of Central School are going, right? So, so they conceive plans of this Lincoln School. And so to when they build the school to provide you know, the kids an area to play in and to provide a recreational space for the people of the sixth ward, they decide to kind of revamp this space that was known as Flower Garden Park. And so the city of Helena teams up with the school district, putting a, a fresh face on this time-worn space. And some of the improvements okay, would include a new sprinkler system, wading pools, barbecue pits, you know, nice grass surface. And so they would rename it in the 1950s when this project was completed, Lincoln Park, for its proximity to the school. But, but Lincoln Park was really we, we look about it, we can imagine it. Maybe Widow Durkin would pop up again sometime. Okay. But it, it's po quite possibly one of the oldest parks in Helena, this 
this space. Okay. So the next part in er Helena's early founding is Lion's Locky Park. Okay. And it's kind of tucked between the three streets of Locky Avenue, Lambourne, and Broadway. Okay. And for this park, we kind of have to go all the way back to July of 1866, when English pioneer and Civil War veteran Richard Lockie would arrive in Helena, Montana. And he would travel from his family farm in Iowa. And Lockie comes to Helena, and kind of his first venture that he gets involved with is he helps create the Truett and Plasted ditches, which diverted water around Mount Helena to help those gold seekers in Last Chance Gulch. And so, so he'd make some money off of that. And after that was over in 1871, he would establish his own bakery called the Montana Steam Cracker Company. And, and this bakery would provide baked goods for much of the Helena area and the surround, really all of Montana. And it would provide uh, matzos for the Jewish communities of Montana. And it would also provide hardtack for the US Army that was in Montana. Okay. So after a while, he kind of gets bored with that, too, he does. And so his, for his next kind of big adventure, he decides to get involved in real estate. And so Lockheed in the 1880s starts the Lockheed Land Agency. And so he's buying up various property, various real estate around Helena. And one place that he has property in is something known as the Lennox Edition. And the Lennox Edition was developed by Peter Winnie. Okay, if we think of Winnie Avenue, Peter Winnie and his Denver Investment Company. And this was supposed to be a stylus subdivision on the east side of town, okay, known for its Victorian-style homes. And so if you're driving in that area and you see those Victorian-style homes, this is where it came from. And so in May of 1890, Lockheed donates an area of land to be established as a park presumably to try to attract people to this new subdivision that's being developed. So for instance, in the Helena Independent in 1890, a newspaper advertisement stated, quote, a $20,000 park has been reserved in the center of Lenox, which will be improved and beautified in every way possible to make it worthy of the fine residence which will be built around it." End quote. And so sketches like this show the park, right? And it has all these nice trees, okay? Lockheed Avenue Park has a, this huge fountain in the center, okay? But for whatever reason, however lofty Lockheed's goals were for this park, for the rest of his lifetime, this park would remain an empty lot. <laughs> now, most likely, the recession of the Panic of 1893 would halt construction on this Lenox edition. 
Lennox edition. And that's why this park never really became very developed during Lockheed's lifetime. But the project would be picked up for Lockheed Park. Okay. In the 1950s, the service-oriented Lions Club would team up with the city of Helena to kind of restructure and restrafe this, this park, this old dirt lot. And so utilizing this, the Lions Club, okay, they would do a, a huge number of improvements on the area, this area park. Okay. And some of those improvements that the Lions Club would help out with, it was a $75,000 project and it included establishing a ballpark right here, okay, uh, building four tennis courts, okay, and planting grass and about $500 worth of trees, 33 evergreens, and 20 maples. And so, so really the, the Lockheed Park that we know today is because of the Lions Club of the 1950s and 60s. But it, so it gets its names from the Lions Club in the 1950s and Richard Lockheed donating the land back in 1890. So this next era of parks that we're going to look at, okay, this, this next period of parks, what I like to call the progressive era city beautification projects from roughly 1900 to 1920. And so the progressive era that we talk about, you know, you learn your history classes, was a, a major reform movement uh, in the United States from roughly 1900 to 1920. And this reform movement was meant to correct this the problems associated with the newly acquired wealth of the industrial era and the Gilded Age. Okay. So Americans wanted to reform, to save these American institutions that they liked by reforming them. And Montana would have its own vibrant progressive movement. And this largely had to do with the Anaconda Mining Company. Okay? And they, they felt that that was corrupting so certain areas of Montana society. Okay. And so progressives would, would come to embrace these reform efforts. And so, so some of these reforms at the Montana state level, in 1906, Montana would get its referendum and initiative law passed. So that, that if people were worried about an issue, they could get signatures, and directly vote on it. Okay. One other thing progressives worried about or were concerned about were try to morally uplift society. Okay. And we all know one thing women are more superior in is their morals, right? Okay. And so <laughs> in 1914, the women get the vote in Montana, okay? which six years earlier than the 19th Amendment, which would be passed in 1920, okay? so at the state level. And also, in 1916, a prohibition law would be passed as well. Okay? 
three years earlier than national prohibition in 1919. So besides those ways, uh, one other way to morally uplift society was through these city beautification projects. Okay? Clean up the city and you could hopefully curb some of these things that were weighing society down. And ex example of this quickly that I'll talk about are Hill and Women's Park. So in 1915, there was created what was known as the Great Northern Park. Okay? And, and that encompassed both Hill and Women's Park. And the land for this was donated by James J. Hill, Empire Builder of the West, owner and president of the Great Northern Railway. And Hill donated this land so it could be developed into a park because his railroad depot was nearby. It was located um, where the Federal Reserve Building is now, okay? his depot. So he donated the land for this park to be beautified to attract people to his railroad depot. And Hill, after donating the land in 1916, would die. And so the residents of Helena would rename the park Hill Park. Okay? So it's not named Hill Park because it's on a hill. <laughs> okay? It's named for J.J. Hill. And a group in Helena, a group in Helena known as the Women's Park Association would work to kind of landscape Hill Park and different areas of the park. And they would plant flowers, okay? landscape the area to, to become more beautiful. And in 1918, Fuller Street would be extended up to Neal Avenue, basically splitting the park in half into these two separate parks. And presumably during that time, the city of Helena would name one area Women's Park for this women's association that would help landscape the area. But, but the parks that we're going to look more in depth at Okay, the first one is that little sliver okay, that we were talking about before, Yun Park. And it was named after a man named Jacob A. Yun, who would come to Helena in the early 1880s. And he would a, establish a clock and jewelry store in Helena. Okay, known for his fine, exquisite jewelry. And with this uh, jewelry store, he would acquire a lot of property. And so in 1905, he and his wife, Ida, decided that they were going to donate a plot of land to the city of Helena. And they wanted it to be designated for a park. Okay? They felt that if this area was donated that a park was its best use. Okay. And so it would be named Young Park after him. And so when, when Park Avenue is kind of constructed, it would take a slice out of the park. And so that's where we get the small triangular uh, figure of the park. Okay. But it also is called Young Park for, for kind of another reason as well. So Jacob Young's son, Walter, would go on to play football at Notre Dame. Okay. If 
Fighting Irish. And he would play under the famous Newt Rockney. And after he was done, he got an engineering degree, and he would come back home to his hometown of Helena, and he would work for TC Power Motor Company for a while. He would also work for the East Helena Smelter for the Anaconda Company. And his residence was on the 700 block of Benton, okay? really, really close to Yund Park. Yeah, so since it's close proximity, the name stuck. So here's another picture, okay? very close to the Civic Center. So the next park that we're going to be looking at is a park known as Wesleyan Park. And for Wesleyan Park, we have to go back a little bit to the 1890s. And in the 1890s, a college would be established named Montana Wesleyan College. And it was going to be the Protestant College of Montana. Okay. The Protestant College of Montana. And it was the, its original college building was out in the northeast corner of Montana and Sierra Roads. So that big building out, out in the valley. And to kind of connect the students with the city, there was an electric streetcar that would take students in and out from the college campus in, into the city center. And for whatever reason, this electric streetcar service shut down. And so the, these students who didn't have automobiles were kind of cut off from the city. And so to kind of alleviate this problem, the college moves in on the corner of Helena Avenue and Warren Street to this building, okay. Col Col College Hall, which is now Helena Body in Paint. And while the students went to school, they would attend classes in College Hall. And then there would be a few houses located a few blocks away that would serve as kind of dormitories for the students where they would be housed. And just in front of this college hall was a little triangular piece of land that the college would acquire and kind of develop as a recreational space for the students. And so here's, here's actually a 1942 aerial of Helena Avenue. It shows the college hall building right here. Um, here's the old Shodare Hospital. And then that little triangular piece okay, known as with, associated with the college. And so in 1912, the college, Montana Wesleyan College, would actually move again, this time to a place on Sounders Street and 11th Avenue, kind of where the Capital City Mall is. And during this move, the city of Helena realized that there's this great piece of land that isn't being used. And so they, they thought that there would be a great opportunity to buy this from the college and create a park. 
And so in 1912, when Montana Wesleyan College moves, they buy this area and develop it into a park and name it Wesleyan Park for its association with Montana Wesleyan College. And kind of a little side note here, so Montana Wesleyan College would stay in the capital city area for a while. And in 1935, when the earthquakes would shake Helena, okay, it would destroy a lot of the property for Montana Wesleyan College, and so it would have to move to merge with Billings Polytechnic and form Rocky Mountain College. But Wesleyan College, or Wesleyan Park, associated with Montana Wesleyan College. So here's a modern day picture showing you today. So the next park, Northern Pacific or Sixth Ward Park. Northern Pacific or Sixth Ward Park. So in 1883, when the Northern Pacific Railroad would be completed, Helena would hope to embrace this new mode of transportation. And a new depot would be created in Helena for this railroad in 1885. And the depot was located a little ways from the city center, but the residents or the developers there hoped that commercial interests would kind of spring up around the area. But instead, we, we see a lot of houses for blue-collar workers and industrial centers kind of rise up, and this becomes known as the Sixth Ward. And so this park would get the name Sixth Ward for the residents that would surround it. So in 1915, the Helena Teamsters Union would donate 135 wagon loads of dirt to level this area that the city owned and establish this park. Has anyone seen the movie Sandlot? It's in the 1990s, these kids that come to the yard, play, play baseball. Okay? So this is kind of Helena's Sandlot. That's what I like to think about. Okay? So this is what the park looks like today. Okay. And from the 1920s to the 1960s, it would serve for youth baseball games in Helena. So one example of this, in 1923, in August, the city champions from St. Paul, Minnesota, would travel all the way to Helena, Montana, to play the Helena City Champions in a three-game series for baseball. And it would be played, I'm sure it hasn't changed much on this sandlot. And so this area would be known as Sixth Ward Park, serving the youth of the Sixth Ward. So, so the next period we're going to look at are, are Depression and War Parks from roughly 1929 to 1953. And so the Great Depression would roll in the United States as it would everywhere on Black Tuesday in October 1929 with the stock market crashing. And Montana would be affected by this as well. So 
before the Great Depression, before 1929, a single stock in the Montana Anaconda Company was worth $175. By 1932, that same amount of stock, that single stock, was worth $3. So, so Montana would be hit hard by the Great Depression as well. Okay? And really, it would affect farms, farmers as well. With a glut in farm prices, they would experience and drought. So statistics on that, in Montana, by 1932, the price of wheat was 80% lower than what it was in 1920. And so Montanans you know, are hit hard like the rest of the United States by the Great Depression. And so they would come to embrace Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal whether that was a public works administration project with the Fort Peck Dam, whether that was Montana homes receiving electricity for the first time through the Rural electric Electrification Administration. Okay. So they, they would come to embrace this new deal. And when the U.S. would finally join World War II after the Pearl Harbor attacks on December 7, 1941, okay, Defense spending would lift Montana and the rest of the United States out of the Great Depression, and Montanans would greatly participate in this world at war. So, so in a statistic for that, on a per capita basis, Montana ranked in the top three states in both the citizens that volunteered for the U.S. Army and in the amount of war bonds sold. Okay. On a per capita basis, they ranked in the top three states. And, and so during this time, some parks would develop. The first one was Beatty Park. And Beatty Park would be located at the end of Helena Avenue. And it was a very buildings inhabited the area for a long time. But by 1929, it was kind of this dilapidated area. And so a couple sisters decided that they wanted to do something for this area. So sisters Mary and Anna Beatty of Rockford, Illinois, they bequeathed a trust to Helena in honor of their brothers Alexander, Edward, and George, who were all successful businessmen in early Montana, in early Helena. And so utilizing that money, they're able to de demolish this, these buildings, dilapidated buildings that inhabit the area, and they establish Beatty Park. And the, the Northern Pacific locomotive that we kind of associate with the park, that wouldn't be installed until 1956. But some other parks associated with depression and war. The first one is Pioneer Park, or probably more commonly called Anchor Park, located kind of next to the Helena Library, Lewis and Clark Library. So on July 13, 1939, Helena's gathered around Main Street, Last Chance Gulch, 
singing their new song. And this is what the song said, quote, Toot your siren, shout with glee, Helena's diamond jubilee. Everybody fat or slim, long and lanky, pert or trim, add your presence to the throng, shove and boost the thing along. Turn your old town wide open, cheer boys cheer and hit your stride, hell with rapture, 64, and sprinkle goodwill at your door. Nurse your beard, even though it tickles, and change your dimes for wooden nickels. Enjoy quaint tales of pioneers old, joyful men, they who first found gold. Undaunted courage midst storm and cloud, built a city of which we're all proud. In a, mercy, in a memory's log crept thoughts benign, linking their future with 39. Eagerly plotting, contented and free, echo, here's to last chance jubilee. Okay? End quote. And so that this Joyce tune being sung was part of a much larger celebration called the Diamond Jubilee, honoring the city's birth. And Mayor A.J. Roberts in the city of Helena created this celebration to kind of celebrate Montana's pioneer heritage and celebrate the 75th anniversary of the four Georgians discovering gold in Helena. And so kind of for its opening event, its opening ceremony, it would dedicate a newly created Pioneer Park and what was known as the Gilpatrick Cabin back then, now known as Pioneer Cabin. And the land for this park that would be dedicated on that day okay, for this Pioneer Park would be donated by a man named Otto Krieg. Otto Krieg. And he was kind of a man of, of many hats, but what he, he was most known for is he owned a garage and service station called the A2A Garage. A2A Garage. And he owned some land in front of this building, and he donated it to be developed into a park and dedicated for this Diamond Jubilee celebration. And so here, here's actually a picture of, here's the 8A garage, and here's men kind of shoveling in dirt and leveling the land. So this is when they're actually working on the park. And so with this Pioneer Park being developed for the celebration, Judge A.J. Horsky would dedicate the park to, quote, those who got, have gone before, those pioneers whom we revere and who laid the foundations of the city, end quote. Moreover, at the dedication ceremony, uh, Mr. James E. Morris of the Society of Montana Pioneers and Mr. Victor Kessler and Mrs. T.N. Southworth of the Sons and Daughters of Montana Pioneers would give speeches on Montana's founding heritage. Now, now, after this opening ceremony where they would dedicate the park, it was part of a, a much larger celebration that would include uh, a number of activities. Okay? A tennis tournament, dances, horse races. Okay? But probably the shining moment in this celebration would be John B. Rogers' production called From Camp to Capital. 
And in this pageant, hundreds of local Hellenins would participate in this, this, this pageant that they put on. And it would depict 12 different scenes from Montana's history. And these scenes would include Native American Indian councils, fur trappers, the infamous vigilantes. And so many people in Helena would take, took the week off of work in July of 1939 to celebrate this, this occasion, the 75th anniversary of Helena. And during that time is when Pioneer Park would be dedicated. Now, quite a bit later, about 20 years later, the propeller, anchor, and bell from one of the USS Helena's would be placed in the park as a memorial to that ship. And that's where it would get the common name, Anchor Park. So an, another Depression and War Time Park would be Memorial Park, okay, located off Last Chance Gulch. And Memorial Park would be dedicated on August 15, 1945, on the fourth anniversary of VJ Day, or Victory Over Japan Day. And the park itself would be established as a memorial to the men and women who would serve the country in a time of war. And although the park was created shortly after World War II, it was really meant to honor all veterans of all wars. And moreover, it was meant to, this park was established to try to beautify one of the main entrances into Helena, which many people in the community thought was kind of an eyesore. They thought that it wasn't very pretty, wasn't fitting for Helena. And so the park was able to serve both per two different purposes. And so before this happened, members of the Helena community had donated plots of land, which equaled up to this 13-acre area. And a war-dead monument was built in the center. Okay. And on one side, the plaque states that, quote, this memorial is dedicated to those who lost their lives in the service of their country, end quote. And on the other side, it gives the first verse of Psalm 122. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. And so after this initial dedication, it would experience a series of improvements. In 1952, the women's organization, the Helena J. Scenes, would donate approximately $2,500 for a picnic area, uh, for barbecue pits. And a few years later, the Helena Exchange Club would donate money, approximately $3,000 for playground equipment. And, and obviously, it would go over more and more improvements over time. But, but these initial improvements would include a lot of things that we see today, the band shell, what is known as 
Kendrick Legion Field. And th that was all the way back in 1949. And obviously, in 2003, it would receive Frontier Fun Town. In uh, 2007, it would, they would prove the Last Chance Splash Park. And, it, and actually, in 2006, it would be rededicated to include more veterans, including this, our most recent Global War on Terror, this memorial park. So the last area that I'm going to talk about today are what are called the model cities and contemporary parks. So when Lyndon Johnson would become president in 1963, he would try to pass a lot of his domestic program laws, and this would become known as the Great Society. Okay? I'm sure you're, many of you are probably familiar with a lot of those laws, like the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the 1965 Voting Rights Act, Medicare, Medicaid, providing uh, health insurance for the elderly, economically disadvantaged. Okay? But one of those laws that would kind of be developed during this, this Great Society programs, one law that Johnson would be able to push through Congress, was something called the... Um, was called the Demonstration Cities and Metropolitan Development Act, and was passed in 1966. And it was meant to address some of the urban problems that many Americans face. And so through this law, it created the Model Cities Program, which was under the Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD. And Many cities would receive federal funding for kind of rehabilitation of some of these dilapidated areas. And Helena would be no exception. And many of these parks during this time would receive federal funds, at least in part, to establish the park. So, for instance, Clinton Park, which would be established in 1971, would be land bought from Lillian and Henry J, or J. Henry Clinton, and it would be on South Beatty. Okay. And that would be a park that they would use federal funds from this Model Cities program. And another one would be McHugh Park, which is now known as Nature Park. And this would be bought from the McHugh Land and Livestock Company in 1974. And the park was known is McHugh from where they purchased from, but the cost for developing this area would be more than they anticipated. Okay, it was an old mine dredge area where they had kind of turned over land, it was a rough area, and so since it cost more than they anticipated, it kind of, they kind of left it to be overgrown to wilderness, kind of just let it grow as is. And so many deer Squirrels, birds, and various other animals would come to inhabit the area, and it would be dubbed Nature Park. But some, some model cities, parks. The first one that I'm going to talk more in depth about is Cunningham Park, located on Flowery and Allison. 
1970, the city council would work alongside the Helena JCs, a men's organization, to create this park. And through the Model Cities program, they would receive about $5,000 that they would put towards this park, and they would buy the land from Alex Cunningham, who was a prominent businessman in Helena. He was an insurance agent, and he was involved in Montana Republican politics. And they would buy that land from Cunningham, and the Helena JCs would develop it. And it would include an ice rink, it would include a playground equipment, and so that dirt area is where the ice rink would exist. And it would be known as Cunningham Park, utilizing money from this, this federal law. Another one would be Barney Park. Barney Park. And it would get its name from a man named L.P. Barney, who was born in Fergus County, Montana in 1902. But he would come to Helena and become a contractor and build houses in Helena for over 50 years. And this park located at the end of Cleveland Street. But L.P. Barney would, in 1974, donate a plot of land to, to be developed in a park. And the city of Helena would utilize about $38,000 from this model cities program to add amenities to the park. And those amenities included uh, tennis courts, uh, basketball courts, leveling the area, planting grass, underground sprinkler system. And it would get the name Barney Park from the donation by L.P. Barney. And so, and so many parks either sought improvements or were funded, at least in part, by this Model Cities program. Okay. So there's another look. So the last two parks that we're going to look at are more contemporary parks. The first one of those is being Pocha Park, located off State Street. So Pocha Park would be named after Leo Pocha who would live in Helena his entire life. And Leo Pocha would be city commissioner from 1976 to 1979. And Pocha, who was also a Chippewa Cree, would be director, named director of the Helena Indian Alliance in 1974. Now, and the Helena Indian Alliance was created in 1969 to help Native Americans just to a white-dominated society. And so with Pocha's efforts, the Helena Indian Alliance was able to expand its services to include uh, health care referrals, uh, job training, transportation, and outreach. And so Pocha was a very influential Native American in the Helena community. And he stated that the Helena Indian Alliance's purpose was to, quote, instill pride in the individual Indian so he can succeed on his own, okay. end quote. 
And so Pocher was kind of seen as a people candidate, well-liked. He was part of the St. Mary's Catholic community. And he would unexpectedly die in 1890 at the age of 53. And so after his death, the health services clinic at the Helena uh, Indian Alliance would be named the Pocha Health Clinic. And this park that had been developed on State Street would be named in his honor. So the, the dedication ceremony would take place on September 22nd of 1980. It would include speeches from Mayor Rich Brown and the then director of the Helena Indian Alliance, Ed Kennedy. And they finished with the members of the Helena Indian Alliance and city council persons giving the Lord's Prayer in sign language. But poach apart. So the last park, and probably my favorite story, is something known as Constitution Park. So in the late night hours of Tuesday, June 17th of 1980, a fire would begin on the coast-to-coast -coast building of the 300 block of Last Chance Gulch. And over the course of the night, the fire would spread from the coast-to-coast -coast building into something known as the Horsky Building. Firefighters would battle the inferno all night, pouring more than two million gallons of water on the blaze. And in the morning, they finally put the fire out, but a problem would arise. John Todd, the assistant fire chief, would estimate the damages at $1 million. And Dennis Voigt, the city buildings manager, said that the building had to be demolished because the south wall bowed out two feet. And so the building couldn't be saved, and so they demolished it, okay, and it created what is known as the Horsky Hole. Okay, Horsky Hole. And the city of Helena cleaned up the area a little bit to, so traffic could move through, but they left it as it was for a while, hope, hoping that someone would rebuild in that area. But after years, they would kind of go by, and, and no one would choose to rebuild it. And so a lot of people would kind of cringe as they looked at this public eyesore. And so in 1987, a few, seven years later, Mayor Russ Ritter and the Helena City Commission approved the creation of something called the Helena Bicentennial Committee, okay? trying to celebrate the 200th anniversary of the U.S. Constitution. And the chairwoman of that, Dolores Korberg, Kohlberg, decided that the city of Helena should build a park in the site of this Horsky Hole. But really, without much funds, there wasn't much that could be done for this area. Fortunately, a Los Angeles-based group called the Friends of L. Ron Hubbard would donate $25,000 to this, this part. Now, who's L. Ron Hubbard? 
Scientologist, right? So L. Ron Hubbard would live in Helena for a brief time in 1913. And you know, as you guys said, he was kind of one of the known as one of the canonical fathers of Scientology. And so in his passing in 1986, this Friends of Elrod Hubbard group would develop. And they donated $25,000 to the city of Helena to thank Helena for influencing, shaping Elrod Hubbard and for commemorating his death. And so armed with those funds and city efforts, the city of Helena was able to complete what is known as Constitution Park. And Constitution Park included planting trees, grass, this hexagonal pavilion with framed copies of the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And so on June 21st in 1988, a park dedication commenced with approximately 100 people listening to the Helena Last Chance Barbershop Chorus sing God Bless America. And the cutting of the ceremonial red ribbon would be done by former Montana First Lady Betty Bobcock, and she signaled the official opening of the park and stated that, quote, this park was for the enjoyment of all who pass, end quote. And so indeed, it would be this park enjoyed by all who pass, okay, rising out of the Horsky Hole. And so that concludes the history of Helena's Parks, but one more thing that's coming up that I want to just tell everyone to mark their calendars for. So on August 21st of 2013, they are going to rededicate Centennial Park. So I, and it will be uh, associated with Alive at Five. And so I invite all of you to go down and check it out, some of more of Montana's history. And it, it's appropriate because it, it coincides with two things. First, the 10th anniversary of the Old Glory landmark, the large flag, and approximately the 10th, 25th anniversary of when the park first opened, commemorating Montana's centennial in 1989. So I thank you for being here. Hopefully you learned about the greening of Helena.